today on Alive and Active. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Buckle your seatbelt and join us for a lesson you won't want to miss. Welcome to Alive and Active. I'm Mike Bliss, a follower of Jesus, husband, businessman, and we are glad you are joining us today. Coach Brown, how are you doing today? Doing good, Mike. Um, you know what, man? I was just thinking, you know, you, you say you're a businessman and, and you know, I'm a coach. Um, you represent a certain business. I represent a university, but we don't. We do and we don't. We do in the sense that we work for them, but we don't in a sense that we are not claiming to own their narratives. We have a biblical worldview. Maybe they agree and maybe they disagree. But I know one thing, whether they agree or disagree, we have to decide that we are living out of a biblical worldview where Jesus Christ is king. He has come he is alive, Mike. He rose from the dead. And guess what? He's coming back. Amen, Coach. And, Coach, there's nobody I'd rather do this program with uh, than you. And I'm really excited today. Uh, Coach, also want to give a shout-out to our friends down in Nebraska City. Hmm. So anybody listening down in Nebraska City, let us hear from you. Hmm. Go to AliveAndActiveRadio.com. Go to the Resources tab and let us hear from you. We uh, Nebraska City, we, we uh, love our listeners down there, and we would love to hear from them uh, in today's show. Yeah, Mike, that that's great admonition. Man, I love it when we call out the towns in Nebraska. Absolutely. I love Nebraska. Absolutely. I love all these towns, Mike. Some of the towns are are kind of big, you know. Some of them are really small, but you know what, man? I I just love all the land in this state, man, and the folks in the state, man. It's it's cool when you're on Nebraska soil, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely, Coach. And the part I love about Nebraska is, I'll tell you what, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like many times I hear of a town, I'm like, I never even heard of that town before. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've been here long enough now. I think not only have I heard of that town, I think I've been there at least once. I think I've been almost to every town in Nebraska at least once. Maybe not, but it, you know, I, I think I have. Well, it'll be fun to see if we can come up with a town maybe that you haven't uh, <laughs> been to or spoken at. Yeah. Uh, Coach, uh, I, I know that you, you, you have deep uh, feelings for the state of Nebraska as, as well as I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, just, I just love uh, being a part of this and, and doing this show with you, Coach. Man, I love it too, Mike. I love hanging with you. And you said something just now, deep feelings. I was just thinking, man, you and I were talking not long ago um, about deep feelings for our wives. Yes. I've been married 38 years. Yep. And I love her now more than I've ever loved her, Mike. Honestly, I can say that. Yeah. And I heard you say the same thing about your bride. Yeah, and I'm I'm going on uh, uh, 30, 33 years mm-hmm. with my bride, and, mm-hmm. and 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 I love her more today, and 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 so many different ways and and because of everything we've gone through together the mother she is to our children the love she has for the lord the 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 patience she has with Mm me i mean there's nobody Mm -hmm. uh out there uh that uh, you know could 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 put up with me and my antics and everything and (laughs) just a special blessing yeah well you know I, i i nevertheless 
that doesn't mean that we aren't above not good thinking absolutely or living you know we can say one thing one right. second right and deny it the next second we've seen that in the life of peter and mike what's under the hood that's always going to be the case for us you know what predicates those statements oh i love my wife i love my wife what's really underneath the hood mike and and let's say that it's truly that which i'm i'm guessing that it really is but who's to say two hours from now it, it will be the same right how quickly can we be bribed from following the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ in and out of our relationship with our wives or others or even the Lord, Mike? Even the Lord, where we can be on one, one stage with him and, yes, my Lord, my Lord, and the next second, we're denying him. Coach, it's a sobering thought, and I know today hmm. as we dive into the Scriptures, there's great encouragement for our listeners. Well, there is, Mike, and I and I think you know we 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 used to. This is, of course, the title of our show today, is an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Part two. Part two. We did part one before, Mike, uh, last week, but you know what? I think we really emphasized the ounce of prevention last week. In other words, men, run, run, get away from it, flee immorality, Mike. We hear that often. And, and that's great admonition from the scriptures. So that's the ounce of prevention. If you don't have to deal with a broken marriage because of adultery or a, a broken spirit because of fornication or pornography in whether you're married or unmarried, Mike, if you don't have to deal with the consequences of that, that is better than having to be rehabbed when I say rehabbed, I mean, you know, uh, confess, repent, forsake the consequences that come from all of that, Mike. Um, it's better to be in prevention mode, isn't it? So, Absolutely, Coach. And so you're saying, too, to, to, our, to our listeners, we're sharing, again, this is a Bible study going out over the air, mm-hmm. and we're saying, hey, let's let's be aware that, that, that things can happen you know, when we unexpected, it's like the frog in the boiling scenario that you've been talking about on this show mm-hmm. for the last uh, several weeks, and and we want to we want you to be thinking about how you can minister to other brothers in the faith, and uh, and and also learn yourselves because we're being on guard and learning from what the scripture said is key. Yeah. So so great, Mike. Okay, but what about those of us out there who are listening, who are in cure phase? So, so explain what you mean when you say cure in cure face, coach. Well, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So there are guys out there who have said, "Yeah, I'm I'm staying away from that. I am fleeing. I've been tempted, but I'm running." Yes. But what about the guys who are guilty? They have unconfessed, undealt with sin right now that they're continuing on with. Who are listening? And you know that you're doing it. We don't know who's doing it, who doesn't. We can't see anybody, Mike. We're on the airwaves here. Um, Even if we walked by you, we wouldn't be able to tell. Even if we were in your physical proximity, you wouldn't be able to tell with me. I wouldn't be able to tell with you. But guess what, Mike? God knows. God sees it. 
and you know. So if there's any of you brothers out there who are sinning, you have sinned, yes, but it's unconfessed sin, or it's sin that you may have thrown up in a confessional prayer to the Lord and maybe even told the other person that you're sorry, Mike. Let's say it's lust, or let's say it's adultery, or let's say it's fornication, or let's say it's uh, I, I, I got drunk, I've been intoxicated. Pornography. Or let's say, yeah, we, we mentioned pornography, I think, and and um, variety of sins. And it's unconfessed. You're continuing to do it, or you're just kind of laying low and hoping that you don't get caught, and you're hiding even from God. You're in cure phase, but but you may not be getting cured. That's the cure part of that uh, that fable. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound. You have a pound of cure. In other words, it takes a lot more of that to get back to where you're supposed to be. So what are you doing right now? Are you hiding? Adam and Eve hid, Mike. And they hid with fig trees and and uh, branches and so forth. And that's mere religion, Mike. That You might be going to church and hiding in church. It's a great place to hide, believe me. I've hid in church before, Mike. Yeah. Oh, Ron's in church. Everything must be good. If he's not in church, hmm, I wonder what's going on in his life. That's kind of how we normally think. But, Mike, um, as we talk here today, let's speak of us and our brothers if we are in that stage where we're running and hiding, what should we do, Mike? That's where I want to go today. And and I thought, Mike, that a good place to start if you are wanting to be freed from the slavery that you're in right now and the guilt, the enormous guilt, and it's eating at you, it's pounding away. Mike, after David sinned with Bathsheba and got her pregnant— and we haven't gotten there yet. We're going to get there, but he went through the cover-up, Mike. It was a year and a half before he got called out for a, a variety of sins associated with that sin. Um, the question is, where does he go? What, when he finally uh, realizes, I'm wrong. Sometimes, Mike, it's because we get caught. Sometimes, Mike, even when we're not caught by other men, we're, we're caught by the, the Holy Spirit. Right. We're, we realize, you know what? I'm guilty. I'm wrong. What do we do? But I think one thing to learn, Mike, and I just wanted to read this, uh, looking at verse uh, James chapter 1, verse 13 in the New Testament. James 1, 13. I'm going to read for uh, three verses here. It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Verse 14, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Verse 15 says, then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And the death might might not be physical death, although... We know, as we read Scripture, that sometimes sin creates physical death, even for the believer. But it could be the death of a marriage, Mike, an adulterous affair. It could be the death of a, uh, from broken family or the death of a lost job or just a variety of things, Mike. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so Mike, I think understanding our—hey, I'm not going to sit here and point the finger— 
that person didn't make me do it. Let's say that we're blaming our spouse for that adulterous affair that we had. You know what? That's not on her or him. That That's on me. I got to point the thumb, Mike. Even though they may have been wrong in the situation, I can't say, well, the devil made me do it or my wife made me do it. No, I made me do it, Mike. God certainly didn't make me do it. That's what this portion of Scripture says. But verse 14 again, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, Mike. And what that means, that Greek word for lured means it's to describe like a like wild game being lured into a trap, Mike. It's like there's a trap set up for you. It's like that mousetrap. The cheese, mmm, yeah. smells good, yeah. mm, mm. And he thinks it's a good thing, and he sticks his neck in that trap because he wants that cheese, Mike. That's all he can think about, and the trap breaks his neck, and he's done. And so just like animals can be drawn to their deaths by attractive bait, temptation promises people can something good that is actually harmful. It makes a promise that it cannot deliver, and it's not designed to deliver, Mike. And the word enticed, it says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed. What does that mean? It's like a fishing term that means to capture or to catch with bait. And so there's a strategic bait there, okay? Very similar words. And then it says, by his own desire. And what does that mean? Well, this refers to the strong desire of a human soul to enjoy or acquire something to fulfill his flesh. So, Mike, if we can't really have it in real life, like touch it and enjoy it physically, we can think about it. We can actually start to lust it. Remember Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, you say that, you know, I haven't committed adultery because, and you're saying it because you haven't touched somebody. But he said, I say you've already committed the act of adultery when you've lusted for a woman in your heart. You've yeah. already done it. So pornography, a lusting, is as if you were committing adultery. I think somebody asked President uh, Jimmy Carter one day, hey, um, have, you had a, have, you, have you ever committed adultery? They were trying to nail him. And he said, yes, I have. And everybody got real quiet. And he said, well, tell us about it. He says, well, I've lusted woman in my heart at different times. And that's, that's what he was talking about, Mike. Correct, correct. <laughs> now, most people would say, well, come on, man. We've all done that. And they kind of, you know, the, the police, are, they're not going to get you for that. That's just going 80 on a 75-mile-an-hour highway. They'll give you a five, five uh, miles per hour uh, leeway on that one. No, for, for Jimmy Carter, he was saying, you know what? Um, no, I, I was out of bounds. I said he had recognized what Jesus had said. And so his own desire, Mike, tells him to to rationalize. It's it's that that human fallen nature wants to not only desire and satisfy himself, but he even rationalizes it, Mike. And uh, um, it's um, it is the very root of the sin itself. It's under the hood, Mike. Yeah. And usually, it, not always, but usually, that sin that's within will overflow into something physical. Yeah, there's no question. And Coach, you said something really good. You said, it, you know, it makes a promise. The temptation makes a promise it cannot deliver, and it's not designed to deliver. Yeah. It's a, it's a dead end street. And so, so we're talking about we're trying to trying to nail it on the front end, mm-hmm. and then and then but, but if it's happened, get out now. There is forgiveness in in confession to Christ. You know, uh, 
it, it says, Mike, that uh, if a man in, in James chapter 5, verse 15, uh, it says that if a man has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And it's under the context that you will confess your sin. You will confess your sin. And he's talking to believers here, Mike. Believers sin. You and I sin every day. Right, right. And that's why we have to be in continual confession mode, I believe. And so let's say that we've, we did, the ounce of prevention didn't happen. We engaged in a sin. Chances are, Mike, you engaged in a sin at some point today, and so haven't I. Right. And I don't know what it was. It could have been a thought. It could have been a word. It could have been a deed. But, but, but somehow we engaged in a sin. And when the Holy Spirit brings that to mind, we have a choice. We can kind of brush it off, bypass it, stiff arm it, or we can embrace it. And the word confess means to agree with, Mike. And so, so the, the context here is that we should be in agreement with God. And it says in verse 16, therefore, with the context that we are agreeing with God and confessing our sin, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So, Mike, listen, um, I, and, and they're talking about some physical healing here as well. But, Mike, this, we're all going to die of something physically. So um, physical healing isn't the greatest thing here. It is being right with God. It's being in agreement with God regarding our sin. So, Mike, when do we become a Christian? Part, part of receiving Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord is when we recognize that we're sinners. We're agreeing with God, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, yeah. and I need a Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and Christ enters in and puts me on the repentant path. And now I get the opportunity to become more and more Christ-like. And along the way, Mike, when we stumble, when we sin because we're on a dirty earth, we need to have our feet washed by Jesus. We confess our sin. Lord, I, I, Lord I, I, I swore under my breath today. Lord, I lusted in my heart today. They may not be visible things that other people can see, but God knows it. And the Holy Spirit pricks your heart and says, you need to confess that. It's, it's, it's time for a confession. And I don't believe— we, I don't. I grew up in a faith, in a church where you had to go and report your sins every day to to some guy behind a closed door. No, that's not what, what we're talking about here. We're talking about I'm confessing my sins to the Lord, and I think the confession among you and I isn't like, well, every time I sin, I go to I go to Mike Bliss and tell him my sin. No. Now, if Mike Bliss is recognized that Ron Brown has an issue with something, and we've come to an agreement, you have a sin, Ron, that you need help with, and I'm going to lock arms with you, right. and we'll walk in this thing out together. Right. So, Mike, if you, if, if I do something, we've come to the agreement, I'm telling you, Mike, not because of the, you know, the priest thing and the Catholic church. No, we're not talking about that. Right. We're talking about you and I as brothers in Christ under in agreement together under a holy God, we're confessing my sin together. Amen. Yeah. And and now God's working with, God's working through you to help me uh, with that particular sin. So we're uniting arms together that way. That's my understanding of what this means. Yeah, and coach, we're also talking to brothers out there right now. The same thing, uh, you know. To to, to we, we we 
we desire that you would hear this and use this as a marking point to put a stake in the ground and get out if needed or, or confess with a brother, however that looks. Mike, there is an incredible, unbelievable uh, joy in knowing that all of our sins have been paid for. But that doesn't mean that we now as Christians under grace through faith get to do whatever we want. Paul was very clear about that. Very, very clear about that. We are to allow the Lord Jesus Christ uh, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to conform us into the image of Christ. So part of that is confession and repentance. It's agreement with God over our sin, and it's repenting, turning around, and walking with Jesus in 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 the way that is correct. And so, Coach, can you offer some encouragement for somebody that says, okay, I got you, Coach, I'm going to do that, and then just how the Lord honors honors those uh, re- confession and repentance? Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike, one of the greatest stories that I know is Peter in Luke chapter 22, verse 61. You remember he denied the Lord. He bragged he would never do it, but he did. So he denies the Lord, Mike. And he and Jesus' eyes meet him, and he is rocked, Mike. He is just totally rocked. And it says here that, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And Mike, he went out and wept bitterly in verse 62. Hmm. Mike, I've been there before. Yeah. Have you ever had anybody just look at you after you've sinned and you, and, and you feel like it's a condemnation look? Like, I told you so. I knew you'd screw it up. And you do it. Yep, I, I've wept bitterly before. But that, not, that wasn't the look that, Peter, that Jesus was looking at Peter with. I think he was looking at him with a look of love. Hmm. And I want every man to know here, listen to me. Listen to me. You're a believer. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. You've sinned. You are in sin. Jesus loves you. He's not going to love you any more than he does now. You're confessing your sin to Jesus isn't going to make him make him love you more. And the fact that you now are are in a sin right now that you have not truly fully uh, dived into yet and dealt with, he doesn't love you any less. But you've got to stop running and hiding. You have got to confess your sin to the Lord and allow him to do whatever he needs to do in the forgiveness of this for the path of repentance, for you to change direction. And it may mean that you have to go to people that you have uh, sinned against in this process or people that uh, you have hurt in this process, and you need to listen to the Lord in that or bring in fellow brothers uh, that are going to come around you and help you through this process. Not only to help with the cure process, Mike, the cure meaning, okay, we're getting, we're getting restored. We haven't lost our relationship. You don't lose your salvation. But the fellowship and the intimacy has been broken. And so, therefore, we, we, need, we need that help to get back on track. I've told my daughters, you're always going to be my daughters. No, what? If you go to prison, girls, no matter what, the relationship is still going to be the same. I'm your dad. You're my daughter. But by going to prison, the fellowship has been broken. I can't get with you whenever I want to. There's something in the way. Those bars are in the way. Right. So, therefore, 
you know, we need to confess our sin so that there's nothing in between us and God as we're living a sanct a sanctity life now on this earth, not regaining our place in heaven, but rather living out conformity to the image of Jesus Christ and honoring Jesus without anything in between that, where sin can really stun our growth. Coach, that's really well said. And Coach, we talk to men and we say, hey, you want to know what your ministry is? It's what you came out of. Mm. So think about what the Lord could do with that yeah. as you as you confess that and, and surrender it and the authenticity and how God you can help other brothers, you can help other people as you know that maybe are in a similar situation or help them to avoid. That's right, Mike. And you know what, Peter, when he denied the Lord in John chapter twenty one, after after Jesus had come back from the dead, I mean, he hunts down Peter and the boys. Those guys had lost their mojo. They're out there just fishing for fish, and they weren't fishing for men anymore. And Jesus brought Peter to shore and restored him, Mike. Coach, that's fantastic. Powerful. And coach, I know one thing that you and I are passionate about because it's happened to me and and, and, and many men where the mojo is lost and, and, and but the mojo can come back in in, in in confession, repentance, whatever that looks like, a job situation. Uh but 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 also look at Peter as our example, how how the Lord restored him. That's right. And you know what, Mike? Listen, that picture of the player on the sideline. He's sitting on the bench, and he's got a towel over his head. His helmet's off, and his yes, towel's over yes, his head. Yes. He's like, I've, I've just cashed it in. I've lost my mojo, and I've screwed up too much, yeah. and I'm benched. Yeah. You know what, Mike? We don't get to bench ourselves. And you know what the wonderful thing about Jesus? He doesn't bench us, Mike. He doesn't bench us. The way to get back in the game is confession, Mike. Amen. And and and, yes. rep- and in that repentance, we're back in the game. Now there may be consequences, Mike. Perhaps it cost us a job. It may have cost us the marriage, but not our life, Mike. No. While we're on this earth, we continue on. You, there is no place for benching yourself and putting the towel over your head and saying it's all gone. Coach, that's one of the central themes of this show and the purpose of why we're doing this. So we can just call out to men in love and just say, hey, if you've benched yourself, you can, through through confession to the Lord, and you can get back into the game for Jesus Christ because the, the book of your life is being written. It's not done yet. If you're still breathing here today, it's not done yet. And the Lord can use you in powerful ways. Your ministry is what you came out of. That's right, Mike. And, and you know, David says that in Psalm 51, and we're going to get to that in later shows, Mike. But, but in Psalm 51, David says, you know what? Hey, I'm going to, as I come out of this, I'm going to go back. I'm going to feed back. Uh, uh, and be a a light to people who are struggling with the same types of stuff. And so David was determined that way, just to to, to be that kind of light coming out of a sin, back into fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Coach, uh, this is just this is just such an important episode. Coach, uh, just a final thought here today as we as we wind down. Don't bench yourself. The Lord is ready for you immediately. Get back in. Open your arms up. Confess your sin to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's ready to embrace you. There isn't a day that goes by that you don't sin. You should be in continual confession mode. But whatever you think is a big, big sin, the tiniest little sin was 
just as backbreaking to the Lord Jesus Christ, that little tiny sin sent him to the cross too. In everything, confess your sin and repent, and the Lord will restore you, Mike. And Coach, post-David, King David sinning, the Lord said, he's a man after my own heart, Mm. and let's us be men after God's own heart. Amen, Mike. That's exactly right, Mike. And being a man after God's own heart is one who has many, many opportunities to get back up when he's fallen down by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ through his forgiveness. Coach, thank you so much for this show and just your heart for this issue that it goes out to the men. For our listeners, we are a listener-supported program. Please go to AliveAndActiveRadio.com. That's A-N-D, AliveAndActiveRadio.com. And please go to the uh, Resources tab. Let us hear from you. Uh, We appreciate you and don't take you for granted. Let let me go close with uh, Philippians 4-7. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4-7.